This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Terjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday morning edition of the Blues NHL podcast. Let me welcome in my cohort in crime, good buddy, and uh, all-around tremendous human being, McHenry Bearcats head coach, Gary Henson. What's going on, pal? You tell me what's going on. Well, I had sent a tweet out earlier. Don't call me a tremendous human being. Well, you are a tremendous (laughs) human being to some degree, but I had uh, sent out a tweet earlier. It feels like the day after Frazier went down. That's all I could think last night That's was it. down goes Frazier, down goes Frazier as the yeah. puck went in the net. Although Frazier was a champ. I'm, yeah, I was just going to say Joe Frazier. All right, how about the mighty was, Casey struck out? How about all of those people were champs? How about the Blues lost? How about You're that? not happy, are you? I'm not happy. I am very curious what our good friend Jamie Rivers will have for us on this fine Thursday morning. Um, it's opening day in St. Louis, which is a national holiday. I wonder, um, <laughs> I wonder how much that will take off the sting. People are reminding me it's not over yet. And I'm like, hey, listen, I I know it's not over. I know we can still do this to some degree, I guess. Um, But in the end. um, It sucks when you have to have help from someone else. Especially when you have Have we figured that out yet where we stand? Well, yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I'm just going off what I read. I'm I'm looking at it now. We all have 80 games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, no. If we win both our games, we're in. You sure? Yes, because we have two games left. Colorado has two games left, and one of the games that we would beat them is them. Would right. be them. And here's the deal. People can say, well, what if you tie? Well, if we tie, so they, somebody's going to get the extra point, and we would have more wins. Gotcha. So we're in. Did they play last night? It's pretty simple. We win two games. No, but we oh. they, they have two games left. We have two games left. One of the last game of the year's. We play each other, which is tremendous, by the way. Um, I got to tell you, that's what I'm hoping for. I hope we win tonight. I hope they win. I hope it comes down to the last game of the year. I want us to tie, and I want it to go to overtime. <laughs> you do, do you? Yeah, why not? I don't. Okay. I, I, I mean, doesn't that seem right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, or I mean, if that's what you want, is a is a, is a more likely scenario? We're gonna go into. We're gonna go into. Chicago if the team that the shows up last night, not the team, if certain players oh, who yeah. showed up last night 
if those same players show up the same way tomorrow night, be glad you're wearing your Cardinal stuff today. Because that's it. Because that was literally pathetic. All right. You Literally. didn't don't think you sent well, me a no, text. It was bad. Saying, so. it was bad. It was bad. I'm I'm I've got a theory about this entire season. I can encapsulate the entire season. Well, we're gonna see about your entire season in just a moment. I want to remind everybody to make sure they uh you know, they give our friends at Innovated Companies an opportunity for your business. Um innovatedcompanies.com, all three arms underneath that umbrella now. We've got the construction team, heating and cooling, and of course uh, the electric team as well. I don't know quite what was electric about last night's game. I would say last night's game might have been more along the heating and cooling arm of the operation. Um, judging by Doug Armstrong's reaction, which is making its way around social media, I would say the construction is an issue. So we've got all three arms of the innovative companies. Uh, umbrella underneath that umbrella all working one way or another for our St. Louis Blues. Give our friend Randy an opportunity for your business. InnovativeCompanies.com Residential, commercial, industrial does not matter. In the end what it comes down to is getting Randy involved early. Save yourself some money time, energy, and effort and let Randy and Stephanie take care of you over there at InnovativeCompanies.com um, Well as we're waiting patiently for Mr. Rivers to tell me he is ready to go why don't you, you want to start? I'm, I'm waiting anxiously. Okay, let's go on the bench with butter right now. All right, Tommy Brown dash ea.com, who's not here today because it's tax season. Duck season. <laughs> tax season. Duck season. So, Tommy Brown dash ea.com. Don't forget to give him an opportunity to help you with your taxes. Tax planning is a specialty. Pond would be good. Pool or a pond. Pond, <laughs> pond would be good. Um, okay. I'm, I'm cracking jokes because I'm so upset. So here we go. Let's let's just lay it out there. Number one, and I love Jamie. I love Darren. And I'll, you know, I've I've stood here and taken a beating at different times because my view differs from them. But you're not going to convince me Jake Allen needs to move forward with this team. Nobody, not Doug Armstrong, not Jesus Christ himself, could oh. convince me right now that 34 should wear a blue note next year. Um, I. I'm going to tend to agree with that. And that goes to the part where I was telling you I can encapsulate the entire season into something pretty simple. This team was built on the back or was intended to be built on the back of Jake Allen. Like Jake Allen was your superstar. You had Tarasenko and Jake Allen. And you were going to ride Jake Allen and he was going to be – an elite goaltender, and he was going to steal games for you when you needed him uh, stolen and blah, blah, blah. And then reality is he's just not that guy. He's well, not in their entire season. Like, remember we talked about it at the start of the season. I said their entire se- – this team is built around having a great goaltender. That's what it was built for. And we don't have a great goaltender. Every, all three of those goals yesterday – were were goals that were soft and should have been stopped. And I don't know what Jamie and Darren are going to say about that, and I don't know what Jamie's going to say about that, but I'm going to tell you, Keith Jones and Mike Milbury thought the same thing, that that he was soft yesterday. Well, oh, yeah, that that's another that's and, classic. The Mike Milbury, after, I mean, some people don't like Milbury. I know he takes a bad rat, whatever, but I thought he was spot on. 
He called him, and it's making its way around St. Louis Radio this morning, Kaka, which if anybody doesn't know. <laughs> I, um, yeah, we know what it means. Okay. And that's the deal. That's what I'm trying to – that's what I'm saying. When you – when you need your superstar or the guy that you thought was your superstar to step up in seemingly the most important game of the year, he didn't. He wasn't there. Well, what I'm trying to figure out, though, okay, and again. I mean, the game-winning goal is not his, but the other three are. I don't, yeah. Well, I thought okay. he overshit. I mean, I thought no, he was No, listen, that seam should never be there. Honestly, that seam should never be there for that cross ice pass there. I don't. I think it was Schwartz. It was Schwartz. He What's sunk, he? Why is he? I have no idea. He literally why, has he is, no lane. He is concerned about the guy that's down on the goal line, like 15, 20 feet from the goal. I have no idea what he okay, was. Okay, but that about. guy was already. No, covered. that's my point. Why is he concerned? I with don't him? know where he was. He was in. He was in a place he should never. Well, be. Well, watch the replay. For I some did. reason, for a second. He is concerned with the guy that has no chance of doing anything. I have no idea what he's doing. Well, even if he and is, then he realizes all shit, and he doesn't get back in time. Watch matter. a replay. I know I watched it. I didn't have to. I saw it live and just was like, "Where the hell? Why is that seam open? That seam should never be there. That's just terrible hockey." But it's not as bad as uh, the other. Well, again. Am I crazy, or does he get hit by a lot of pucks and then they go in? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. Like I've seen, I you know, a couple times this year, I saw a puck hit him in the shoulder. I mean, it it just in. seems like he gets hit by a lot of pucks and they go in. I don't know why. It just seems that way to me. It may be because, you know, you watch the Blues 90% of the time, 75% of the time, whatever it is. It just seems like he gets hit by a lot of pucks in between the arm and the and the chest Look area. Look at the first goal. Look at the first goal. Yeah. How are your How is your five hole open there? Like, how is that? Even? No, but, you know, I thought I thought the same thing on Tarasenko. Did you see Tarasenko's goal in slow motion? Tarasenko did. But Tarasenko, that was a goal scorer's goal. You guys, if you think back and everybody was like, wow, it looks so easy. Brett Hull did that all the time. You come walking in and they're watching the goaltender and they're watching where he puts his, his weight as he transfers from left to right. And then the minute he transfers on his left, they shoot it inside that left leg. He can't move that left leg. And that's what happened. So he he had to, I mean, when he walked in, he he saw he saw the spot and he just shot it. That was that was a Brett Hull esque goal. Um, but but <laughs> man, to get beat from the blue line on that shorthanded goal, I mean, he had clear view of that puck the entire way. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. And just get beat, like just beat. Well, and here's the thing too. Number one, let's look at it, and um, I'm going to say this. It, yeah, it absolutely is a problem that it was the Blackhawks. <laughs> yep, it absolutely is a problem that it was it uh, on our home ice. And, yes, it is a big effing problem it is that big... they basically said they were going to do that and did it. Yeah. The it's Black... a problem. Yeah, the Blackhawks said we're going to ruin their day. And, it, and, and right. they ruined yes. their day, and they let them do it. There yes. was no energy. Like, oh, man. It was just like, why don't you just lay down? How do you do that? How do you just roll over like that? You know, like, 
if you want to say the Blues are where they, you know what it would have been nice in, is if we were sitting here and we just said, you know, the Blues are where they're supposed to be because of Jake Allen. That'd have been a, a great thing to say. But we can also say the Blues are where they're where they are because of Jake Allen. Well, and that's a negative. thing. Well, here's the thing about the Jake Allen thing, and I've just got we're the text. Get we're getting ripped. ready to go to we're Jamie. Getting, we're going to get ripped for. I don't care, Jake and I don't care. I again, I whatever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, listen, you can't keep having the same things go on and tell me that it's. Don't give me fucking shit and tell me it's not shit. Okay, I'm sorry. You can only paint shit so many times. So here's the deal. All right? <laughs> the inconsistency of Jake Allen, I don't want him here anymore. <laughs> I would rather have a goalie that wasn't very good, and I know he's not very good. I'm tired of wondering what guy's going to show up. You can't. It's like a quarterback. It's like a closer. It's like a number three hitter. You can't have a guy that's that important to your team and never know who the hell's showing up. You can't. And if anybody thinks that's not deflating to the uh, to the to the guys in front of you, it is. I don't care what anybody's. You and I've talked about this for years. Look, take a look. Listen, if you want to take a look at their faces on the ice when this shit happens, is one thing. Just look at your GM last night <laughs> after it after it went in. And I will disagree with you a little bit. He he way over pursued there. What the I, fourth goal? Yeah, you know, he's not stopping that. I, no, I just, there are very few in there. But he's that. he's way off his angle all the time. It does that, just that shot should never. Well, I mean, I, we can argue that all day long, and you're and you're right about that. that's not my point. But my point is, again, you've said it yourself. I, 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 a real, I mean, I'm sorry, a better a quality goaltender stops that. I'm sorry, he does. I, I just whatever. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> okay, so I just got a text. We do have the man, the myth, the legend, ready to roll. So let's welcome in everyone's favorite, and I'm dying to hear this one. It could be our final Jamie's Piss segment of the year. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I guess it'll depend on what happens the next few days. <laughs> let's welcome in Jamie Rivers. Well, Jamie, you've got a couple of guys in here not real happy today. The, the, but really, at the end of the day, the fans are only concerned with what mood is Jamie Rivers in today. Well, uh Look, uh, last night's game certainly not uh, not a great, I guess, result. Uh, not what we were looking for, and now we're down to two games left, and now we're hoping, wishing, and praying for other results to help us out as well. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm in a uh, – my mood is slightly concerned about a few things, but mostly – concerned about who do we put in that <laughs> for next game what you would like, what would jamie rivers do what would jamie rivers do that's a new segment what would jamie rivers do we should put that uh, well, on t-shirts if if i was head coach i would say those blues as scary as that sounds um <laughs> after after the second goal last night i would have put carter hutton in Whoa. Um, and then it would have given me, you know, an opportunity to see how Hutton played for the rest of the game and then go back to, you know, the drawing board and see who comes the next game. I just felt like the first, the, the goals that went in were not good. Okay. No, I don't think all four of them were not what I would call like, wow, those are NHL goals. <laughs> you know, uh, they're good plays and whatnot. No guys shoot the puck hard, and there's different circumstances. But 
I wouldn't classify them as NHL goals. So having seen two of them slide by, at that point I would have pulled the trigger and made a change. Um, you know, in my opinion, it's the coach's job just as much as it is the player's job to show each other that they want to win. And I think that coach at that point could have shown his players and everybody else that, yeah, it might be the wrong decision. I might pay for it, but I'm here trying to win. And, you know, that's my thoughts on that. Now, the fact that that didn't happen and we're sitting in this position now, I would personally come back with Carter Hutton in Chicago. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. In fact, I'm almost positive that's not going to happen. So, you know, I guess time will tell. Uh, and I guess you hang your hat on your number one goalie and say we live and die with, with this guy as far as our playoff race is concerned. So, I don't know, lots of different angles to come at it, and there's lots of ways to justify any uh, decision that Coach Yo makes. But for me personally, Carter Hutton would be coming in next game. Well, that's an interesting take. Um, I'm not quite sure you're alone in that take. I know the sentiment in the room, and I'll let Coach Henson um, take it from here, but um, I, I will say this. I I was, I don't know, I'm, I can't believe for one minute you haven't seen the reaction from Doug Armstrong after the game-winning goal last night. Um <laughs> I, I I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't know how this team moves forward with 34, and I and I and I mentioned it this way, Jamie. Yes, he's been very good at times. Can you really play hockey not knowing which goaltender is going to show up from night to night? That's my issue. At the end of the day, I I I've seen the guy play all world, and then I've seen the guy just be awful. And the awful it's one. I know goalies have bad games, but I, I mean this is. This roller coaster ride's getting a little old, and Doug Armstrong looked to me last night like he wanted to throw something. I'm sure he <laughs> probably wishes that wouldn't have been caught on camera, but he's a he's a human being too, right? He puts a lot of lot of faith in these guys, so I always wonder. Uh, Gary, you're, I'll let you give your thoughts, and then we'll hear from Jamie. I mean, obviously, I think we know where Jamie stands today, right, yeah. but I wonder about. Well, I feel like I feel like Doug Armstrong had a right to react the way he did. And, Jamie, I said this earlier before you got on. You can address it. I feel like, in my opinion, and I said it earlier in the season when we were talking about the Blues, that the Blues, to me, were built on <clears throat> built on two guys, Tarasenko up front and Jake Allen in goal. And they were going to ride those two horses and build a franchise there because they had thought they had a world-class goalie, and they don't. And that's why we're in the situation we're in. Mr. Rivers? Yeah, no, I mean, I look at it, I couldn't agree more. Um, I guess the, I call it poison, right? And uh, the poison is that hockey players in general, and, and Gary, you'll understand what, where I'm coming from here. And I look at players sometimes, goalies or players, however you want to, you know, to decipher them, and they give you these performances that are, all world and you're like wow that's a player but then there's like a break of two and three or four games before you see that again and so i call those good performances poison because 
we're all so attracted to it that we want it's like the apple right we want to eat the apple it's so <laughs> looks so delicious you take a bite and there's poison in there because the poison is that that player can't bring that to you every single night yet we're all craving that performance we once saw so it's difficult when when i see a player that i call a poisonous player that means to me that it's okay to have that guy on your team but he can't be the number one guy at that position so if it's a goalie defenseman or forward you know depending on how great this guy's performances are the player how well he plays you can have him on your roster he just can't be your go-to guy and right now we have a little bit of poison that's between the pipes for us and all that means is that Jake Allen can give us Dominic Hasek-like performances on one night and then not the same performance on another night or consistently that way. So to me, I think that Jake Allen, unfortunately, falls into a 1B category as far as a goalie in the NHL where I think that he could be uh, you know, a great partner for another guy to carry the torch and play games or split games with. But at this point, his consistency over his entire body of work doesn't lead me to believe that he can handle being the number one guy and, and handle these games coming down the stretch like this. Well, my assumption would be that discussing next year's for another day. Right now we have a task in front of us. Um, it's not – insurmountable I mean it's pretty simple if we win both our next games we're in um you know somehow some way still today after last night we truly still control our own destiny um can they do it well I'm sure um they can uh I I guess for lack of a better description I don't know how you don't love the blues and want them to not make the playoffs uh, I know, Gary, you've said at times it pisses you off so bad you don't want them to make the playoffs. <laughs> but, you know, again, I compare it to family. And, Jamie, I know how you feel. I mean, they're, I mean, these are, even though, you know, you've been removed from the game for a few years, I mean, these, it's like they're like family for you. Um, I, why does it feel like it's just not I, – I, I mean, it's a, I have a weird feeling today. Am I the only one? I, I just feel like – I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I was dumbfounded last night. Like, I remember watching the goal go and thinking, how did we get here? It was 3-1 and we were dominating. How did we get here? Soft goals. That's how you got there. I, I just. Yeah, that's true. I mean, realistically, <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, the soft goals were, were killer. And you know, I, I will say this as well. Puck management wasn't very good when they had a two-goal lead. You know, to me. They got that two-goal lead, and you tr you try not to encourage your players to, you know, change their style of game or to start to play it safe or you know, defensively. But you also try to not to encourage your players to play recklessly either. And there were times where there were there weren't plays available. The that the the spot wasn't there, and they were either trying to make a play that they couldn't make or throw the puck to an area that it didn't belong and created turnovers. And the one that sticks out in my mind, unfortunately, Portage Thompson on this, but, you know, he's down, takes it into the opposite corner. He has an easy cycle play 
on the backhand. All he has to do is put it hard on the backhand, back down behind the opposition's net. He tries to force a puck back out towards the blue line, towards open ice, gets picked off, moved up the ice, player comes down the wall and zips it. Soft goal, still. Gap control wasn't great. However, the play started on Thompson's stick, where if he puts it back down behind the opposition's net, they're 200 feet from your goal, which makes it the hardest point for them to score from. And that's called puck management, meaning you don't force plays when they're not there, certainly when you're up on the scoreboard, whether it's 3-1, 3-2, even at 3-all. You're making sure these pucks go to safe areas, that they go to a positive spot for your team. And I just felt like the Blues, I don't want to say recklessly played, but you could tell they were going for it, but almost at all cost when they didn't need to be playing that way. Uh, they could have easily managed a puck better and probably kept more possession time and certainly maybe limited the Blackhawks on getting those chances that ended up in goals. Yeah, that, so... There's obviously we can point to other things than Jake Allen, and I I want people to know like those were soft goals and those were goals or those those were shots at NHL this, the three those were shots at NHL goalies should stop. However, there were mistakes or there were things decisions that the Blues made um, that allowed the shot on goal. For instance, the shorthanded goal. Somebody tell me what seventy one's doing on that play. I mean, honestly, he's. He he's nowhere, and it's a shorthanded goal. We, the Blackhawk player comes down on on the Blues' right side. He's alone, so the only the only option he's going to have is somebody trailing. And Saboka is not not anywhere near anyone trailing. He's just standing in the middle of the ice, and they throw it back for the one timer for the kid to get. You know that slap shot from the from the blue line, where it, all he has to do is turn around and pick up the really the only one guy that's ever going to join the rush on a on a PK. I mean, you know, Jamie, it's rare that three guys are rushing in on a PK. So no, you're right. And and, and he just picked, he should have picked that guy up. He just watches the puck go in the corner, and then he's standing high in the slot, just standing still. And here comes the kid from. The Blackhawks and walks right into a shot, and Jake should have saved it. But the reality is, is there shouldn't have been that space. That space should not have been available to that young man, and it was because there was a bad decision. I agree, and you could also point to the end of the game uh, on the penalty kill, where okay, the Blackhawks have a nice umbrella setup, but with eight seconds left or under ten seconds left in the game. You're not trying to force that guy on the wall. You're not trying to take away that shot from the top of the umbrella. What you're trying to do is play four guys in a condensed box. You're literally just blocking the middle of the ice, and you're at this. You're in a situation where anything that comes through that area is being blocked or tipped, or you're getting some part of your body in front of it. Yet the Blues go to a standard kind of penalty kill you'd have in a first or second period where they're taking away the, the top one-timer way up top. And uh, Schwartz is in the middle of the ice doing a good job trying to help protect the back door play. But because the strong side forward is up too high on the penalty kill, rather than being compact back down into the box, they're able to thread it through to Duncan Keith, who has that one-timer from the far side. 
So quite honestly, that player with that amount of time left, you're not stretching that box out to take away a shot from the blue line. Like that's quite honestly, it's the most, it's the least dangerous spot on the ice to get a shot from at that point. I'd rather have him shoot from up there, having to go through three guys and a goalie. Yeah, that seam should have never. Right, that seam should never be there. That seam for that pass shouldn't be there. And if it is there, there, you should be standing right in front of that one timer. Like, you know what I mean? We'll say this: they designed it pretty well because they snuck in the guy back door, who was wide enough to where the weak side D and Schwartzy had to pay attention to that guy for the tapping goal, which is fine. However, the job of the strong side player at that point is to take away that cross-size pass. You're told to give up the top of the umbrella shot because it's the farthest point from the net. And your goalie doesn't have to go side to side, leaving more gaps in his own coverage of the net. So it should have never, ever, ever have gone down that way. They should have just condensed the box, forced it up high and wide, and let the shots come from the outside or up high. You know, um, multiple times throughout this season, Jamie, we've taken comments from listeners and fans, and um, we would always go back to the power play. It would always come back. I, I think oh, at God. numerous, I think at numerous, <laughs> well, I, at numerous times, people would say at the end of the season, and you look back on this, what will be the one thing? I, can you even come up with a rational explanation to, to how a team that has some of the talent that we have just can't seem to get it together on the power play? I mean, I. Not anymore, I can't. I can't anymore. I Honestly, guys, I have no idea. I watched that power play. Um, <laughs> and, look, it's easy for us to criticize, right? But, holy crap, I'm looking at it for I don't even know how long where they haven't changed a thing. Like, not one thing. The only time they changed it was when 91 was hurt and they put Vince Dunn back on the ice and that was last game in Chicago. And how many power play goals did they have? Yeah, three. Three. I'm just saying, okay? And I'm not saying – guess what I'm not suggesting is that they remove Tarasenko from the power play. So anybody who thinks that that's what I'm saying, not at all. What I am saying is that even last night, I believe the goal that we scored, the Braden Shan goal, was right – Right, right after a power play. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the time expired. The player was joining back in. Tarasenko went up high, left the puck to Dunn. Dunn takes it, finds a seam for that shot, and Shen bangs in the rebound. You guys, I I believe that's how it happened. No, that's exactly how it happened. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the last time that you had Vince Dunn on your power play as the number one unit, you had three goals. Last night, he gets on the ice with number one unit guys, and you score again, even though the power play expired, but it's technically, you know, it's one of those gray area ones. Why is this guy not playing more? He's that guy. He's like a Brent Burns out there. And I don't mean like size, stature, all this stuff. Brent Burns is one of the best players in the NHL at finding a way to get the puck to the net without it being deflected or blocked and things like that. Vince Dunn finds a way to get that puck to the net. He just does. Yeah. Why are we not seeing him out there? Like, I don't get it. I just don't get that for the life of me. And then I certainly don't, I still don't get the formation of having 
the one of the NHL's best shooters playing strong side way up at the blue line as a quarterback. I don't get it. I mean, every time he gets it and he creeps in down the side, I mean, everybody knows he's going to shoot it. Like, I I just don't understand the formation anymore at all. I mean, I rem- you guys can help me out here. No. It, I'm, like, dumbfounded. You're, you're right, because there are people that – they're national the, – the NHL Network guys say exactly what Jamie says. In re- when they I, when they briefly talk about the Blues power play, briefly <laughs> they say that similar stuff. And one thing that one thing common amongst uh, people who watch the Blues is exactly what Jamie said: Vince Dunn's ability to get the puck on net. And that's why you have Steen and Shen, for example, on the power play because they are so good down low at getting that. You know that trash goal and that rebound, and you saw it yesterday, and and you see glimpses of it. But then they go away from that, and they put the puck in the wrong guy's hands all the time. And it is, Jamie, you're 100 percent on, and uh, people outside of the Blues organization mentioned it, and you can read about it, and you can watch it on NHL Network, and uh, it's just frustrating. Gary, I mean, well, Jamie played. Uh, I, don't you remember when the Blues would be struggling and they'd put Brett Hall at the point on the power play? And I mean, we used to throw shit. I mean, <laughs> why would you take one of the best goal scorers in a game and put him as far away from the net as you possibly can? Yeah, I don't. I, I'll never understand that. I, I I just can't. And Jamie, I'm sure there's reasons why sometimes it works and why sometimes you want to do it. Well, the reason why, guys, is because I believe that there's a player wearing that number 91 jersey that that's where he wants to be. I think that's where he wants to be. I think he, and I don't know this, okay? So there's no Twitter alerts or anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't know this. But to me, the only logical explanation is that that player, who's your most dynamic player, is telling you, "No, this is where I do my best work. This is where I want to be. I'm not happy over here. I don't want to be here." And when, and I'm not saying that that's going on. But when that kind of stuff happens, coaches tend to not cater, but you kind of, well, maybe, maybe I, I mean, he's, he is my 40 goal scorer. He is our offense, you know, blah, 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 blah. So that could be one reason that he's over there all the time. I mean, it's well documented, well documented. It's known. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Vladdy doesn't really like to be on his one timer side for whatever reason. I don't know. He doesn't like it. And he said it before. And anytime he's been out there, he finds a way to get over to the other side of the ice, getting away from his one-timer side. So obviously it's something that he's not fond of. I think the problem overall, when we look at the power play, never mind the, the X's and O's part of it. Let's look at the personnel. Okay. Like you said, Gary, 20 and 10, are great down low at retrieving pucks, uh, possessing the puck, continuing to play, and getting goals down low and, and scoring in front of the net, deflecting, all that's good stuff. 91, you have to have him out there on your power play. You just have to because he is one flick of the wrist away all the time from putting a puck in the net. That's just a fact. Now you've got 17, who, well, he's your little motor out there. He's the one that, you know, gets things going. He outworks teams. He's fast. He's quick. He makes good plays. He's determined. 
Now, here's where we run into a problem, right? Because that's already four players. <laughs> then you add 27, who, I'm sorry, I don't think you can argue that he should not be on the power play. He does a great job. He moves the puck. He's contributed a lot of points. He, he has quarterback abilities. I think that he's good on the power play. Then, so that's five. Now add Vince Dunn. That's six. So one, somebody has to go from that top unit. And I think that this is the problem right now that we're seeing with the coaching staff is that they look at that and they go, okay, who's least likely to be the squeaky wheel if we remove him? Well, it's Vince Dunn because he's a first-year kid. He's a young guy. He's all, all the things that we, we know about him, right? That's the easy move is to say, we're going to put this guy to the second unit. The tough decision is saying, nope, we're going to keep done in there, and now 17, 20, 10, 91, or 27, one of them is coming off of that unit. Well, I know who I'd take off That's the unit. That's where I think we're at right now. I know who I'd take off the unit, and it's not because that he doesn't do his job well when he's out there. But I think you got twenty's got to be on the second unit, and that's it. And well, that's I it. think you know what I mean. So that gives Don the yeah. ass on the first unit. I think, I think you got to. But then, who do you put in front of the net? You got to put because right now Steiner's occupying that role, and when they scored those three power play goals, Alexander Steen was in front of the net for well, every true. one of them. So okay, then take ten. One of those two is your option. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're just a hundred percent going to have to put Vince Dunn out there, then it's either ten or twenty that has to come off. Because uh, you're not, I mean, because you I'm said saying, you're right? not like, taking ninety-one off. So no, I, you, I don't think you can't. Right. You, I mean, you just can't. He's right. a franchise player. Right. Like even if he doesn't put a power play goal up for seven games, you're not taking him off. Right. Like it just it is what it is. Right. So then, so, but I think you know. I guess you guys are starting to see what I'm saying here. Yeah. Like, right? Like, so you have yeah. you have one person too many invited to the party, and you're like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Now what?" I've been that guy. <laughs> I, well, no, yeah, I, yeah, me too. Trust me. But I'm just saying, this is where you know the tough coaching decisions come in. But this is why, like when I played on other teams that were uh, talented teams they would purposely split up these players and have two units. Yeah. And then they'd have a third power play makeup. And that was like, if we're going for it, like no matter what, I'm putting all of these guys on the ice. Right. They're my best players. And, you know, cause the power play doesn't necessarily have to just be your most talented players on the ice all at one time. Like you can have like a Kyle Brodziak, just throwing it out there. He could do just fine in front of the net on a power play with 91, 10, like you could have those guys and just have a meat and potatoes guy in front of the net. Because like Thomas Holmstrom back in the day, he wasn't as talented as every other Red Wing on the ice, but he was a moose in front, took a beating and could play that spot. So I'm just saying you could maybe look at creating two power play units by using players from that that group of six we mentioned but unfortunately right now because of i guess lack of production from some of the other players outside of those six 
it's hard to put another power play unit. I mean, who else would be on? Gary, let me ask you this. Who would be on your second power play unit? Yeah, right exactly. Now, so, you know, like, what do you, who do you go to? <laughs> well, you know who you're going to have to go to. You're going to have to go to 21. You're gonna, yeah, and you know what? Oh boy, I'm just it's saying. Well, right what now. if it, you, uh, Jimmy? You got to do something. They can't play the whole two minutes. So, oh, so you you put you know um, you put 21 on the ice. You put if you're gonna take 10 or 20 off the ice, you put 21, 10, and 28 up front. Well, if we're living in fantasy land, <laughs> which anything I'm involved in is gonna be fantasy land. I, the one thing that I've disagreed with this whole time is I have no idea. And again, Jamie is the expert here, no doubt. I'm sure I'm wrong. But at this juncture, with the way this season is went, I have no idea why we haven't taken a look, at least a look at a couple guys. I, I, know, they, I, I just, I just going to disagree. You I, can use 55 on the second unit. I, I just I, – I'm talking about guys oh, that aren't here. Gotcha. I, I'm sorry. I, I would have – But, Jim, Chrome's reel it in for a second. <laughs> We're talking about right now yeah. with two games left. Oh, yeah, I know. can't talk about – Guys who aren't here. I know. But shit, you know what? Never mind. I want to put Brett Hall in the first unit again. <laughs> well, Mario Lemieux in a way, blue note would Adam be good. Holt. I want Brett Hall. Well, I want Al McKinnon. Okay, but but those aren't realistic options. No, a couple but, of the guys we have in the minors well, are realistic options. Right yeah, they are. I, those are your second unit. They're that's not your, allowed to come up and play. Yeah, that, they can't come. That's your second what do you unit, mean? though. This whole season, we couldn't have brought up. No, but we we're talking about right now. We're talking about. I understand. Having to we're win talking about right now. Games. I went another direction. I just would have made changes a long time you ago. You can't go another direction when no, we're on. The guys you want to add to the lineup aren't even under contract. <laughs> Kim Clauston's not under contract. Well, he is, but he hasn't deserved a call up. I'll well, tell you that. Much. But we got guys up here that don't deserve to be here. No, but right now you got to win these next two, and you got to have a. You're well, gonna have to, and if you make it, your power play is important. Well, the only thing I can say, well, I agree one hundred percent. Because you're going to get that, very few. Listen, you're going to get I've, very few opportunities. For, uh, five on five. No, 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 no. And then you're going to get very few opportunities on a power play. So your power play has to be really no, good no, no, no. I, in the playoffs. You're, you're missing my point. I agree 100%. And, and I'm with Jamie. I don't know how you don't start Carter Hutton, but I also agree with Jamie. Judging by everything I heard come out of Mike Yo's mouth last night, I don't think there's any way they don't start Jake Allen. I could be completely wrong here. Um, that being said, um, moving forward, that's my point. That's what I was saying the other This is the sad part, and this is what it comes down to. What I was really getting at was, is, is, you're all over the map. Well, right what now. I was getting My at head's was, spinning. what I was getting at was, and this is the sad part. I don't even know that I care. You care? You just told me. Oh, you just Jesus said. Robert, you just talked about his family. Family, and I know, a, but that's like what I'm lose. talking about. Man. That's that feeling of sometimes you just get tired you're of them. Like, you just want them to go away. You're like Sybil. Like my, you're like a depressed girlfriend. Right he's now. he's wow. like Sybil. Sybil. He is. I'm telling you. <laughs> Oh, man. What movie was that in? My goodness. Like Sybil. What was that in? I don't know. God some man. scary movie. No, I don't think so. Hey, listen. I, like I get Linda I, Blair and the Exorcist no. just spewing puke all over the place. That's no. all you're Oh, doing. it was in Wedding Crashers when she's stomping her foot. She yeah. looks like Sybil. Um, so anyway, again, it's just – it's. I, it was just, way before Wedding Crashers. Yeah. and But to get back, Jamie, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> You know what we're talking about matters as far as the playoffs, and these next two games are playoff games. They 100 percent are playoff games. They've been play. They've been playoff games for the last two weeks. You're a gambler, Gary. You putting some money on it? I can't gamble on sports, sir. The NCAA <laughs> runs upon that. <laughs>
Um, Good point. Thanks. <laughs> um, but Jamie's right. And who do you go to? And we're talking about the power play. I think I think there are some options for the second unit um, with 55 and if he hits the net. Did you see <laughs> – speaking of hit the net, Jamie – let, put yourself back in your playing days, or you really don't have to to appreciate this, but did you see that headhunter missile he took last night in the second period? What on? What? just about lost his entire head on Oh, that. my God. If you're Barbashev, do you not say, hey, man, don't kill me? Because that if kills I'm somebody. I'm saying, if I'm Barbashev, I'm telling Pareko, hey, you're allowed to roll your wrists over. <laughs> And keep that puck, like, at least under 10 feet high. Oh, my God. I, I was like, how do you do that? Every, I saw the wind-up. I yeah. saw the follow-through. And I just knew that that was going to clip somebody, like, in the top of the head somewhere. <laughs> Every guy on the ice, including the goaltender down low, gave him a second look like, what the hell was that? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, and know. unfortunately, here's where we're at with that. And it's you know what? It's funny, but it's relevant all at the same time because he doesn't hit the net enough. Like his percentages of like shots to missing the net and hitting the net. It, it, I mean, he's not even close. And I personally, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think he needs a stiffer stick. Because yeah. when he shoots the puck, it always seems to miss because he's putting too much torque on that shaft. And I know for a fact he only uses, I, I think it's like a 110. He uses and a like, 110, yeah. And Zidane Chara uses like a 127. <laughs> like, if that's the case, like, Pareko's not far off from Chara. So maybe there's a middle point of like, I don't know, 120? But, like, when he shoots the puck, it, I honestly don't think he knows where it's going ever. <laughs> well, you know. And I it, love the guy. Yeah. It, I, I'm high on the kid. I just, I watch him shoot, and then it's almost like when he, he looks up, it's almost like he's just as shocked as everybody <laughs> where the puck ends up. Well, and you know what? That's It's funny, but it's it's important because for 55 to have success – moving forward in this league, he has to get he has to put that puck on net because his biggest weapon, other than the fact that he's eight feet tall, is his shot. Like that's a it's a serious weapon. And he had four shots on goal last night. And go back and watch. He missed the net about six times. It's five oh, or six. Because we I counted a bunch. It's and and that's just man, come on. Like you're hit, you're hitting the net less than fifty percent of the time. That's that's insane. You got to. That's not real good odds. No, and when you have a weapon is like that in your arsenal and it's useless, you know that's that's you're gonna have to mature your game. That's all there is to it. He's gonna have to spend some time with someone, some shooting guru out there that I'm sure the NHL knows, and and he's gonna have to spend a summer toning that in and, and narrowing his his miss to a, a smaller oh, margin because his miss right now, in, in golf terms, his miss is 40 or 50 yards both ways relative to golf. That's Folks, that's how far he's missing the net by. Like, it's not yeah, even close. It's, well, it's, 
they're dangerous plays for never mind the obvious reasons of taking someone's head off, but missing the net can create, you know, exits for the other team. Absolutely. And creates transition and speed for the opposition because you have your forwards down low getting you the puck and you rip it wide. It becomes, we always laugh about it, it's a nice breakout pass for the other team, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's an puck easy weak side exit. Wing, and then you have slash support. And before you know it, it's a two on one the other way. Right. And you're like, what the hell just happened? We just had it in the corner down there. Right. Because so, you, you're there's down lots low. of reasons that it's important to hit the net. Yeah. Um, Jamie, I got to ask you one thing before we let you go um, from a, a completely different place. Um, we've heard, like, uh, if we use the baseball as an example of John Mosellock, he's very upfront and forward when speaking in public a lot of times about reminding people that he has a job to do while he loves to win and he loves to do this. At the end of the day, he's responsible for the success of the franchise, and he answers the owners at the end of the day. Um, so he takes his job very serious. There's also a competitive nature. The video last night that's making its way around social media, and the reason I have to ask you about this is because everybody's seen it and they're watching it. The, the thing with Doug Armstrong is it, he looks to me like a guy that's like, it, it's almost like he's laying it out there with the players and he looks crushed. But he also answers to this ownership group, and we also know how important it is for them to make the playoffs is from a financial standpoint. Um, how hard is this on a GM? I mean, you've done the job. It, it it can't be easy because, I mean, there's got to be a flush of emotions running through you, both the competitive nature on the ice and then the things that are going on off the ice. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly there's so many angles that are presenting themselves to the GM right now. You know, you have a responsibility to your ownership to get your team to the playoffs for on the business side of it to create more revenue for your club and make things a lot easier for your ownership group in order to remain a cap team, to remain competitive in, in a, a Midwest hockey market. Uh, so you have those things that are kind of lingering above your head. And then you have the on-ice product as well that, look at, I was kind of, I don't want to say happy, but it was nice to see some emotion from a general manager. And although it wasn't a lot, and you can read whatever you want into, you know, Doug Armstrong's gestures at that time, or him just standing up and kind of looking angry or disgusted or whatever you want to call it. But so many times that camera pans to the GM box and those guys are like statues. And I get it. You have a responsibility to always give this sense of calm, no matter what the situation but to me, it was kind of refreshing to see a guy, you know what, he obviously has a lot of time and effort put into this team. It was refreshing to see a guy be disappointed that the result is not what he wants it to be and to be pissed off and to be disgusted and all the above. And at the same time, another angle is we these guys always have to be worried about the product on the ice could cost them their job, bottom line. Coaching staff are under evaluation continuously from Doug Armstrong, and Doug Armstrong's under evaluation continuously from ownership and the and the higher ups. So, team not making the playoffs, team not making the playoffs, and costing ownership lots of millions of dollars. All these things come into it to where it's a lot of pressure right now. So, you know, I I, I sympathize with Doug because he's in a tough spot because ultimately he can't get on the ice and play and neither can the coaches. 
So you're relying upon your decisions over anything else to take this team to the playoffs. And sometimes those decisions can be frustrating. Well, I'd sure like to, uh, I'd sure like to see it lead to what I believe at the end of the day, change. There has to be some change. It's a, we've talked about it on the show too. It's, it's going to be a tough, tough task. Um, when it comes to con, no differently than at this year's trade deadline, there, there, there needs to be changes. I think everybody can agree to that, but at, in the end, um, I, I can't help but believe that he's got to try to do something. He pulled off a miracle last year, no doubt about it, with uh, with the with the trade with Shen. Yeah. So you know, I think he's you know he's earned some stripes here. There's no doubt about it. But I think he has a task at hand, and um, you know, I believe he's the guy that can get it done. Um, I don't see any reason not to believe he can. I, again, the business side of it is something we as fans don't always understand, and we don't always care about. To be quite frank, I mean. You know, to us, it's somebody else's money, but in the end, the salary cap is going to play a large role in this. I'd have to imagine. Well, yeah, I mean, you have look at the the, the biggest contributors now to uh, making the jobs harder for the GMs is a salary cap and player contracts, because the salary cap limits certainly how much money you can pay for your overall team, how much money you can take in as far as making a trade. So there's no longer can you make a trade of fourth rounder for a top three forward like they used to do back in the day and load up and all of a sudden you'll be at 80, 90, 95 million payroll and obviously that's a problem. Um, so you have the salary cap to worry about and then you have term of guys' contracts and dollar value of them. Very seldom are teams going to be looking to take on a player that has two or three years left on a contract that has high dollar value. I mean, what would the inspiration be at that point? Because if you're getting rid of that player, that means that player's not participating or playing up to potential. Why would I want your problems? And certainly with two or three years left at that dollar amount, it just doesn't make any sense. So I'm not going to make that trade. So really we look back in the last couple of years and the only like real hockey trades that I can really remember are David Poyle down in Nashville, you know, trading Weber for Subban, trading Seth Jones for Johansson. Like those were big dollar money going back and forth, but they were players of equal value. It wasn't like he was getting rid of a problem to bring in somebody new. And Doug Armstrong did work magic last year, bringing in, uh, Braden Shin for Yori Letera. And of course, we always forget about the draft pick that went the other way at the same time, which that was certainly the, the part that sealed the deal there. But once again, it was a situation where GM was kind of getting rid of a problem and taking on somebody else's salary from another team. So it's difficult. This day and age, you, you don't have a lot of wiggle room to just get rid of your personnel or move on or change directions rapidly sometimes it has to be a real slow burn to get it done and that's going to suck for all the fans that are watching well i again i've said i think gary was it you and i or jamie maybe it was maybe you and i that were texting maybe about middle of the season when things were going so well and i think i had said the only way out of this mess is money and I don't know that this franchise has the money to buy out enough contracts so that they can kind of do. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Even then, you're only allotted. Yeah. You're only allotted like one buyout. Right. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay, so I was unaware of that. Yeah, I read that this morning. Buy out the whole team. 
I did, I was unaware. So you're right. only allowed one per year, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, you can and cut guys, but you have to pay them the whole the whole freight. Right. That that's my okay. Well, yeah, and and they still have a big portion of the salary accounts against the cap. So even right. if I get rid of a guy, it doesn't necessarily mean oh I've rid of myself of the problems. No, one I'm still paying him. Two, he still counts against the cap. So why not keep the damn guy and hopefully <laughs> he plays better? You can get rid of him. Hopefully he plays better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's really how it works out. No, right? absolutely, absolutely. Well. So that's why Chrome's. That's why it's so tough to make an NHL deal is because you're restricted in all these ways. And let's be honest, the reason it's set up that way is for the to fit the exact role that it's playing is to limit teams from being able to just clean house and having limit teams that have huge budgets to just say screw this, we made a mistake and start over, and all of a sudden they're in the hunt again. This is to force teams to build organically through their system to spend responsibly, to, you know, make sure that the league is policed when it comes to the parity of it. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't I, – I, I never realized that. That's, that's pretty, pretty informative. Um, but we expect nothing less from you. The GM slash <laughs> former player slash host slash Jamie commentator Rivers, listen, slash – Jamie Rivers <laughs> equals hockey. That's that's all. Oh, in Jesus Christ! Jamie Rivers equals hockey. <laughs> oh, Just, hey, brevity is clarity, Chrome. Yeah, well. Speaking <laughs> of clarity, I know you said it once and you'll say it again, but this is the opportunity for you to remind everybody about SynergyHockeySkills.com with the amateur scene. Uh, going into the off-season mode right now. I know um, I know what you're going to say, and everybody knows, but just remind our friends about SynergyHockeySkills.com before you go. Yeah, certainly. Um, please get on to SynergyHockeySkills.com. Click on summer camps. We have a lot going on there. Uh, we also uh, have Blues Youth Hockey Camps going on that we are directing this summer. There are two of them available. They're on the website. They're really fun. Lots of stuff going on there. Special visits from players and other people, alumni members, coaching staff. Uh, you don't want to miss it. So get on to SynergyHockeySkills.com. Click on that, register today, and we'll see you this summer. Tremendous, tremendous. So, uh, Rivs, I'm going to put you on the spot. We convene back. Here. We convene. Yeah, that's right. We convene back here at 10 a.m. Monday morning. Will we be oh, doing? Geez, will we? Coming. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but that's right. You got to be a prognosticator. Will we be previewing the Blues' first round playoff matchup, or will it be a looking forward to next year show? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, uh, God. I, I, you know Here, what? let me Our, see if this sways you. If, if the Blues, if if the Blues are in, am I correct in their first round opponent is Vegas? You're uh, incorrect on that. Okay. If, I'm just. If tr- they go. would have been able to uh, pull ahead of Anaheim. Yeah. Then their first round opponent would have been Vegas. The first wild card spot this year yeah. will play Vegas. The second wild card plays Nashville, Nashville. based on points gotcha. from those teams. Both great cities, though. So to technically, visit. Nashville gets the technically Nashville gets the worst team of the wild card right. because they finished higher. Gotcha. Kind of that whole routine. But, but both anyways, great places yeah, to no, visit. The Blues are, if the Blues get in, they got to play the Predators. And Nashville's a fun so, town. Um, Nashville is a fun town. So is Vegas. Vegas is uh, a fun town. Wait a minute. Hang on. Not true yet. What? If Uh-oh. Vegas wins their next two games. Yeah. 
and Nashville loses their next two games, Vegas would jump Nashville. Ooh. Correct? Am I reading this right? Yes, because Nashville would well, you're have probably not reading. Period. No, I'm reading. <laughs> they would have identical points, and Vegas would have 53 wins over Nashville's 51 yeah, but, wins. They played head to head. Yeah. It does. Either way, both cities are great to visit, so maybe that'll help sway you. I would. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm almost positive that it's been determined that it would be Nashville, but. You know what? Uh, based on Cromer's logic, which is scary <laughs> at times, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. Right, Either well, way, the Blues have to get into the playoffs to worry about who they play. Yeah, and, so do uh, they? Yeah, you know what? I think they do. <laughs> We're put, putting him back <laughs> I on. Think they do. All right. No, I think they do. I I predict this, and just because I'm feeling a little bit crazy today, <laughs> I predict that they lose in overtime in Chicago and win against Colorado on Saturday. And that's wow. enough to get them in? That'll get them in. So you're assuming Colorado's going to lose as well? Because they're going to get the point from yeah. Chicago. That's right. So J- J- Cromer, had it, point. Cromer had it as Avalanche. The Avalanche game decides everything, and it's decided in overtime, and the Blues win it. No T. That's what Cromer had earlier. Well, we could still get to that point. No, I know. I'm just, win, I'm just tonight, for the, the record. Blues win in Chicago, right. then yes, then yeah. the winner take all on Saturday. I'm going to tell you what what I think is going to happen. You two shared. I think they're winning both games. You think the Blues win both games? Yep. So. So, so let me get this straight. Yeah, Hang the guy who's been grouchy for a, a month. The grouchy so. ass people in this room all think the Blues are still going to the playoffs. This is tremendous. The, well, you were all <laughs> you got me with that whole family thing. <laughs> Pulling on my heartstrings. But wait so a minute. No. I know, but families, you, listen, you of all people, you get along with your family all the time. You like them all the time. Uh, yeah. You, okay. <laughs> the brotherly oh, love between God. Rivs and his brother, though, is something to behold on Twitter. Um, you and your brother. This is, yes. <laughs> yes. Much, much, very much love there. I love when he likes to send out pictures of you. Sometimes. Yeah, those are those good. Those are good. Those are good. Um, hey, great stuff, I'm okay Jamie. With it. Uh, well, I know you are. Hey, great stuff as always from you. I know our Blues fans appreciate getting the state straight dope from you. Um, again, I guess uh, we will convene back here on Monday morning at ten. And uh, again, hopefully, we're doing a first round preview for our St. Louis Blues. Jamie Rivers, thank you so much for joining us, and I'll see you Monday in studio. You got it, guys. Take care. That is the one, the only, Jamie Rivers. And, again, make sure you uh, give his wonderful hockey training outlet an opportunity for your business if your son or daughter is a hockey player or if you want to play yourself and you're still trying to improve your game. SynergyHockeySkills.com. Don't forget the wonderful Nelson family, NelsonLandServices.com. Professional landscaping at reasonable prices. Five-star locally owned braided company. Um, Again, tremendous people throughout the amateur hockey scene here in St. Louis. Very supportive. Uh, of everyone involved in the process uh, asked us to help get their name out as they move their business uh, a little bit north from the Ozarks here into the St. Louis area. That's NelsonLandServices.com. Again, please give them an opportunity for your business. Um, well, G-Ride, as we uh, continue to be on the bench with butter here, TommyBrown-EA.com, Tommy Brown Tax Planning. It is tax season, and uh, while you may be too late to take advantage of Tommy's expertise in doing your yearly planning, Don't make that mistake next year. Give him an opportunity to set you up so that next year you use your money in a more efficient manner rather than just give it away. Give him an opportunity. Again, that's TommyBrown-EA.com. 
Tommy Brown Tax Planning. Uh, Coach Butter, uh, affectionately known here on the program. You just spent a weekend in Vegas with Coach Butter. I did. Um, he caught a little flack over a picture you posted on Facebook where you're all standing in the stands at Vegas, uh, the hockey arena there, and somebody said, how come Butter's not standing up? He, he, he gets that often. He does get that often, and unfortunately, uh, Butter has to take a little heat for his stature sometimes. But literally, uh, literally stature. Yeah. But, hey, um, so, yeah, Tommy does a great job. Um, and what a lot of people probably don't know is Tom. Tommy's a volunteer at McKendry University. He's a volunteer coach. He takes no pay at all from McKendry University and does it. <clears throat> out straight of the, love straight love of the game and uh belief in what we're doing there and all of that so um at the end of the year i i try to do something great for 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 butter and so this year the blues were playing you know friday night so we went and i'm going to tell you something take vegas out of the out of it take vegas like all that is vegas take it out and go to a vegas knights game it's a blast. Really? It is a blast. I mean, they are – the fan engagement and the things they do, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and it's loud and it's raucous and it's the, – the fans are cheering on every hit and pass and they boo at penalties and there's all kinds of stuff going on that don't distract you from the game, but the minute the game stops, there's tons of stuff going on to keep you focused on the ice. It. It's. I've been to. I've been to two Vegas games. I went to the Pittsburgh game uh, in December, and I went obviously this past Friday. And both of them were just incredible atmosphere. And so, if you have the opportunity to uh, go to Vegas to watch a hockey game, whether it be the Blues or another team, um, I suggest you do it because you're going to have a great time. Well, again. Uh, happy for their success i'd be happier for some blues success i guess i mean i I go back and forth and saying it's killing me i just it it's like it it has truly been a roller coaster i mean i've i mean we it seems like you look back and it's the ups and downs it's just i'm gonna tell you why and i I alluded here the reason you're on a roller coaster is the guys that you said are the guys aren't the guy I know. So you're going to have a roller coaster. I mean, that's just the way it is. And they're going to show flashes of greatness. Did you forget about 41 in net? Halak. He had moments where he was the best goalie on the planet. And then he had moments where he was the worst goalie on the planet. And look at some of the goalies that were just steady as she goes. There's a reason why the Canadians kept Carey Price and traded Yaroslav Halak. Yes. There's a reason why. Yep. No, you're right. There it is. So, well, you, you know what I think you got to There's been for? a couple of those guys, and we've traded for both of them. <laughs> Salah and Turek was another one yeah. like that. Here's, I don't know what happened, but here's the, here's the situation I believe has to take place this summer. Doug Armstrong has to find somebody who still thinks Jake Allen is a world-class goalie because that's what happened with Halak. The Islanders thought he was still really good. Yeah, needed a change of scenery. Right, needed a change of scenery. You're going to have – Doug Armstrong's main job is going to have to do that. He's going to have to give him away. Well, he's going to have to give him away. He's going to have to bring – he's going to have to f- find a goalie in his 20s. This is – Derek Pallard, he texted that to, to me last night. He's going to uh, have to f- 
Find a goalie in his 20s. Bring, uh, what's his name up? Huso. Huso. Bring Huso up and then run a tandem until Huso's ready. Which I, here's Will the other Huso thing. Will Huso ever be ready? There's the question. Yeah, you know what, man? I, and, and I'm going to go, and Jamie can, Jamie and Darren can yell at me for this some other time. I think in the NHL, goalie is the easiest of the positions to get acclimated to as a young person because you really just have to stop the puck. That's it. You really just have to stop the puck. Is that all there is? Yeah, there aren't many decisions goalies have to make. They're, they're reactionary. They're not proactive. They're reactive. And so that's, that's why I think Armstrong, if he wants to, if he wants to move forward – He's got to call every GM and find somebody who needs a goaltender and somebody who believes that Jake Allen can still be the guy. I would agree. Um, I'm not quite sure what you do at goaltender. Again, to your point, maybe they resign Hutton and say, listen, you're going to get a chance. Um, no. I mean, I, you know, and I, bring yeah. up Huso and say, listen, you're going to be in a competition with this guy, and if you think you can beat him, sign this contract. We're not giving you number one goalie money. And if you can find somebody that will give you number one uh, goalie money, good for you. So um, that's how I'd approach it. Because I don't know, I don't know any other way you're going to get a guy that won't cost you a fortune and be in the same boat as Jake Allen. Well, that's you don't the want a guy. You don't want that's a guy my that, problem. I know, but you don't need. That's a, their problem, not okay. my problem. You don't need a guy that costs you a fortune. You need a, a solid twenty-something-year-old goalie to come in and 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 work with Huso and let. And let that let that tandem figure itself out. Maybe Marty if, Brodeur should put the pads back on and play for the league minimum. <laughs> he makes some really good saves in that commercial. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? He made some really good saves in his career. Okay, well, hey, listen, that's this conversation is really for another day. Um, again, we still have a uh, we still have a game or two to play. I have no idea what we'll be talking about come Monday. I. Ugh. So you, you we shall it. see. We shall you see. predicted it. You said what you were going to well, say. I'm always wrong. I, I I said they're winning both. Well, I'm curious to hear what our uh, – <laughs> Here's the one there. Here, I'm going to throw this in. They're going to win both, and Jake Allen's going to be outstanding both <laughs> games. <laughs> Listen, you know, here's the thing. He we, will be, though. That's the thing. Here's the thing. It won't surprise it you. It wouldn't surprise you, I would know. it? No. It wouldn't surprise you. I understand. But, see, here's the thing. He is just as likely <laughs> He is just as likely to do that and then go out and steal a series against Nashville and then lay an egg the next series. See, that's the problem. He's just as likely to do both. <laughs> well, I know that. We just Just frustrating. Hey, listen, I'm curious now to hear what our partners in crime have to say. It's time now to go to that wonderful segment from our good friend Dennis Minner, who comes to you every week live from Minner Arena, of course, brought to you by our good friends at Adam Smokehouse. Let's hear what the, I, boy, I, I'm, I have no idea where this is going. Let's see what Dennis has for us this week. Hey, guys, thanks. This is Dennis Minner coming at you live from Minner Arena. Check me out on Twitter, at Minner Arena, and I am brought to you by the incredible Adams Smokehouse, some of the best barbecue that you will ever eat in your life. It's barbecue season right now. Don't let this snow and this crazy cold weather fool you. Give them a call. They can actually bring it right to your home or your business. Uh, no job is too big or small. They will cater them all. Give Adam Smokehouse a call, 314-265-3485. Let them know that Minner Arena sent you. And check them out on Twitter, at Adam Smokehouse. So 
It is Thursday morning, and uh, usually I do my podcast uh, recording on Wednesday night, but uh, last night uh, was hands down one of the most uh, irritating nights. Uh, This segment, look, I'm I'm coming at you 100% from a fan perspective, all right? I'm not going to throw out a lot of stats and things like that today. Um, But the the game started out, I just want to tell you about an annoying experience I had. It started out, uh, I go to my season ticket holder seats that I've had uh, for four years now. Um, Go to my seat, there's a Blackhawks fan sitting next to us. I tried joking around with him, and he kind of ignores this, my Buddy goes to put his uh, water bottle in uh, his cup holder to his right, um, and all of a sudden the Blackhawks fan flips out and says, I can't believe you put your water bottle, uh, water bottle in my beer, and uh, grabs my friend's water bottle and kind of slams it into his chest, and uh, apparently he had uh, uh, an almost empty beer that he had there. Um, normal circumstances, you would say, hey, sorry, man, let me buy you a beer. But this guy starts flipping out, uh, says, you know, uh, goes on a tirade, and we're just kind of sitting there like, what in the world? The guy grabs his beer that's still about a fourth full and chucks it down about 10 rows and then grabs my friend's water bottle, chucks it down about 10 rows. Um, and, and I thought, you know what, I've got to be the bigger man here. I'm just going to go get security. Uh, went and got security, some guy named Gil. Um, and, uh, Gil proceeds to tell me that if we would not have put our water bottle in his beer, then none of that would have happened. Um, tried explaining to Gil, it was an honest mistake. So, uh, Gil goes and talks to uh, the wonderful um, uh, the the Blackhawks fan, and um, then he starts telling his side. So I jump in, and my buddy jumps in, uh, never talking to the Blackhawks fan. And Gil then proceeds to turn around and say that he's getting ready to throw all of us out. Um, and I proceeded to uh, have some words with Gil and tell him that was the absolutely the most insane thing I've ever heard when uh, we didn't do anything, especially me. I just went and got security. Um, so, yeah, that's how our night started. Um, and uh, I, I leaned over to my buddy. And I said, dude, we've got to sit by this guy all night. I hope this game ends up well. And we all know what happened. Uh, we go up three to one, and all is good. And then the wheels start falling off, or I should start saying uh, Allen's wheels uh, start falling off, which I'll, I'll touch on. Um, and then all of a sudden it's tied. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. All we have to do is hold off these last couple minutes. We'll get a point, and that point will knock us into that last wild card spot, and it gives us a little bit of uh, you know of, of breathing room. and And then we all know what happened. Allen continued to fall apart, and with uh, ten seconds left, uh, they score a goal, and we lose. And if you have not seen the image and a reaction from Doug Armstrong, you've got to go to my Twitter and see that. But guys, I don't know what to say other than I am uh, I'm a, a very irritated and frustrated fan. Um, I, I, I want the team to make the playoffs, so, and, and there's still a possibility. Uh, there's possibilities uh, depending on what 
you know, what the Avalanche do tonight. Uh, we may only have to beat them uh, when we play them here in a couple nights. But, you know, th- there's some serious, serious problems with this team. And um, if there are not major, major steps taken in this off season to uh, – pick up another forward and guys man, I hate to say it but I, I know we signed Jake to this long-term deal but he's not cutting it and I have been a Jake Allen fan I mean you come into my fan cave I've got Jake Allen autograph photos I've got one of Jake Allen's game use sticks I, I I really like the guy um but this inconsistency is absolutely insane. And you can say it's a team sport all you want all day long. The team did its job last night. They scored three goals. Um, and, and, yes, I know we let some uh, some pucks out of, you know, we didn't get clear of the puck out a few times, um, you know, and our defense wasn't as sharp as what it should have been. But three of the four goals for sure Jake Allen uh, should have stopped. I think Tyler Stewart could have stopped two of the four of them. Um, but something has to change. Um, I, I, I'm at a loss for words, um, which is not usual for me. I've, I've usually got a pretty clear, cut, concise things I want to say. But, guys, I just don't know anymore. Um, I, I'm frustrated. That's all there is to it. Um, we've got two more games. Hey, there's still a shot. So, that's all I know right now. Uh, Blackhawks suck. Uh, I still hate them. I still can't stand them. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, that's about it. So, hey, again, I'm brought to you by Adam Smokehouse, and Adam Smokehouse will bring a smile back to your face. Again, go check them out on Twitter, at Adam Smokehouse. Uh, give them a call, 314 265 Three four eight five. Let them know that Men Arena sent you. And guys, we got two more games until we talk again. So until then, let's go Blues. Great stuff as always. Again, I I, I expect nothing less from Dennis. Um, again, I appreciate everything he does for the show. Appreciate him having us at uh, Men Arena every year like he does. And again, uh, guess we'll find out if we are continuing with the <laughs> Men Arena segment for this year. Obviously, he's going to get an opportunity to give uh, one last segment. Uh, again, the real question of the day is for him and for our next segment is, will it be a season-ending segment or will it be a Blues uh, playoff preview? Uh, let's go now. And, again, one last time, thank you to Adam Smokehouse for all they do. Appreciate them. Tremendous barbecue. Make sure you check them out. Again, I know they do a good job. It's really good. It. Oh, it is. I know. We had a listener send us something going, have you had these burn ends? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how it cannot be. So, uh Speaking of something that's so good, the St. Louis Game Time report that comes to you every week, thanks to our friend Bradley and his wonderful rag, St. Louis Game Time. Uh, make sure, well, I guess we're done with home games unless we get some playoff games. So let's hear what Bradley has for us this week with his St. Louis Game Time report. Hello, and welcome to the Game Time section of the podcast. I'm Bradley with St. Louis Game Time. You can find us online at stlouisgametime.com. The fan run paper sold outside every Blues home game. Maybe there'll be a couple more this year. You never know. Twitter, Facebook, all that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> bad loss last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Under 10 seconds left. Duncan Keith shooting less than 1%. 1% less than 1% shooting percentage on the season. Gives the Blackhawks a, a, a big win? I don't know. They, they seem to be having fun. <clears throat> All of the locker room talk leading up to that game was that the Blackhawks wanted to ruin the Blues' chances of making the playoffs, and 
they 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 helped knock him down a little bit so it was uh it was a gut punch for sure uh you figure worst case scenario you make it to overtime you see what happens you get at least a point draw even with Colorado before they play San Jose on Thursday night and then see what happens in Chicago and then in Colorado on Saturday instead Jake Allen that guy again that guy we've been talking about all season long allows I don't know three soft goals two soft goals four soft goals I don't know. He he looks to, he looked totally lost on the game winner. It flew over his shoulder and he never saw it. There was one that went five hole that you could have you could have rolled a basketball through there and I don't think he would have stopped it. Um, <clears throat> he didn't look comfortable. There was one save where he was on his left post and he kind of rose up and then belly flopped forward. It was one of the most unique techniques I think he's used all season. Uh, there's just a, an uneasiness, and he looks awkward. He doesn't look comfortable, and you know maybe one of the deciding factors is that you know his confidence gets down, and you can see his body language on the ice after he makes a mistake, and he compounds it. You know they talk about three point shooters in basketball, and that you have to have a shooter's mentality. That if you make five misses in a row, you got to keep shooting because sooner or later you're going to get your technique worked out and you're going to start making baskets. Just like a goaltender allows a soft goal, he needs to shake it off, start making some saves, and he won't he won't be making big mistakes. I think Jake Allen doesn't let the mistakes go, and he compounds them, and he makes them worse, and it's a it's a snowball rolling downhill. Now Carter Hutton's been hurt; he came back and was uh, in relief in the Arizona game over the weekend. Jake allowed two goals; they pulled him. Carter Hutton allowed four. I I don't know. You know, Mike Yo after the game on Wednesday said that he was definitely going back to Jake Allen on Friday. He might reevaluate that today or before the game starts on Friday. You never know, but it's almost fitting that Jake Allen has put them in this position, has looked shaky at times, has not been consistent, and and put it on him to bring him out of it and see if he can do it. And if he can't then you maybe have some tough decisions. He can. Maybe you give him a little more faith. I don't know. He's in the first year of a four-year contract extension. He makes $4.3 million a year for the next three years after this. That that number isn't unmovable, but this performance might be. So, I, you know, the Blues are going to have a lot of tough decisions this offseason. I've been thinking for a while now that the offseason would not start Saturday night at midnight or whenever the game ends, but that's the that's the way they're angling. And uh, you know the the toughest thing I saw in that game on Wednesday, NBC had a little camera looking down the bench, the St. Louis bench, and when Duncan Keith shot went in with under ten seconds to play, seeing every single one one of those guys slump over, and Alexander Steen put his head down, and uh, I mean it was. It was sad. I mean, fans across St. Louis were doing the same damn thing, but uh, it was it, it was just such a lightning bolt. And uh, man, I, here's what I know: the Colorado Avalanche suck. San Jose is going to have a good game, probably. Uh, it still could be a one point lead with Colorado having one game to play and the Blues having two. 
if they win two games, if they tie, if they, you know, regulation tie and then a win or vice versa, they're probably going to make it. Now, what happens in the playoffs? I have no idea. They could all, you know, this team, this franchise could always use the extra revenue from having playoff games. Honestly, that's like the only thing that you could really say is a benefit from making the postseason. Because this team, this team is not playing like an eighth seed last year that the Nashville Predators were that came back and roll steamrolled the 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 Blackhawks and the Blues and went to the the Stanley Cup final and lost to a pretty good Pittsburgh team. You know, no one sees that coming with this Blues team. So I, you know, I like I like watching hockey. I like watching the Blues. More games is always better. Making the playoffs is always better, even if you have no hope, even if you're expecting bad things to happen. Making the playoffs is always better. The frustration level is palpable. I mean, this team is confounding. That when they play well. They play well as well as anybody, and when they don't, it's uh, it's crap on ice, and it's uh, demoralizing, and it makes you wonder, you know, who are the leaders on this team, and what can they do uh, by bringing in some new guys or different guys or making a run at Tavares or, you know, maybe Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas come in and make an impact quickly. I, the, this team, as constructed, needs a major overhaul. And I think that's that's what we're seeing with this stuff. And you know, the clip, and we we posted it on the St. Louis Game Time web, uh, we posted it on the St. Louis Game Time Twitter account on Wednesday night after the game. The NBC cameras caught Vladimir Tarasenko breaking his stick over his leg and kind of hunched over, and then just kind of discarding his pieces of his stick on his ice before he left. I, he represents like 95, 99, 100% of Blues fans today. Uh, just want to break something and throw it away. So, yeah, you never know. Maybe maybe next week I'll be talking about a first-round matchup, maybe a first-round playoff game. Maybe we'll be talking about what could have been and what, what might happen in the offseason. You never know. Hockey's a fickle sport, and the Blues are obviously a fickle team. So you never know. They could pull it together. If there are... Any more Blues home games this season? Make sure you find our fan run paper we sell outside every Blues home game. The 14th Street doors, the garage driveway, and the northeast corner of 14th and Clark, just outside the City Hall lot. Look us up on Twitter, Facebook, our website, stlouisgametime.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Hopefully hopefully next week isn't the last one or the first one of the offseason. I hope we have more games to talk about. Some things need to change. And, and quickly, time is running out. Like I said on Twitter last night, uh, that wasn't the game. That wasn't the result that we wanted, but it was the result they probably deserved. And uh, you know, we're very quickly getting to the never part of it's now or never. And uh, two games left, and they could still do it. It's crazy. The Blues have never had an opportunity to win in the last game and make the playoffs. So maybe, maybe that's what we're in store for Saturday night. You never know. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Brad with Game Time. Uh, hopefully better stuff to talk about next week i don't know we'll see hey thanks for listening back to you guys great stuff as always thank you brad and again uh another season thank you so much for all you do i know blues fans uh wouldn't know what to do without their weekly st louis game time rag they get out in front of scott trade center of course don't forget you can subscribe to it and we do appreciate the st louis game time report being a part of your blues nhl podcast that's going to do it for us this week 
I want to thank everybody for uh, checking us out here. And again, special thanks goes out to InnovativeCompanies.com, all three arms underneath that umbrella, the construction team, heating and cooling, and of course, Innovative Electric. Don't forget residential, commercial, industrial. He's 35 years experience. He's a second generation craftsman. His wonderful daughter, Stephanie, does such a great job keeping Randy in line. And I know he needs it sometimes. He's so darn busy, but he's a man of his word. And that's very rare in this day and age as we you know, sometimes, you know, people just don't do what they tell you they're going to do. If Randy tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. That's the kind of guy you need on your side. Save yourself time, money, and energy by getting InnovativeCompanies.com involved early in the process. You won't be sorry. Again, tremendous people. Make sure you check them out. One last thank you, of course, to our other partners. Couldn't do the show without them. That's NelsonLandServices.com, five-star locally rated landscaping company, professional landscaping reasonable prices make sure you give them an opportunity synergyhockeyskills.com thank you for all you do uh again if you want an opportunity to learn from some of the best in the business make sure you check out synergyhockeyskills.com uh special thanks to adam smokehouse for all they do for the show as well thank you we really appreciate it want to remind everybody to check us out at bluesnhlpodcast.com you can listen to the show there you can subscribe to the show which is absolutely free and of course do your shopping on amazon through our website doesn't cost you anything we get a very small referral helps us with our production costs Thank you so much for that. Find us on social media. You can find us at NHL Show on Twitter. Uh, our real interactive account is at STL Blues Podcast. Like our Twitter account there. If you're a Blues fan, we're going to follow you back because we want to know what you're thinking. Our real ask, though, is go to Facebook. Type in Blues NHL Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Once you've done that, click invite your friends. Invite all your friends to like the page as well that are Blues fans. Love to have them part of the conversation. You can find us on Instagram, Blues NHL Podcast, of course. And lineupmedia.fm does so much for our show. We appreciate them greatly. Uh, check out Yo Radio. Uh, it's out. It's, it's, uh, it's still in the development stage, but you can listen to some of the stations now. It's tremendous. We're very proud to be a part of it. They take your entertainment time very seriously. Um, our producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, and our step-in producer, the man, the myth, the legend, Darren Yates. What's going on, pal? Hey, did you enjoy today? Uh, I, sorry, things went long with uh, Jamie. I was, we were hoping to get uh, a thought or two from you just as a fan. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a big Blues fan. First of all, great show. I just thought last night there was no passion, no desire, no will to win. I mean, it's pretty much a playoff game. You got to win. You got to close it out. You're what, one point behind Colorado? Yeah, I, I didn't see any uh, desperation at all, and I wanted to. We appreciate you stepping in today for our producers as they're in Vegas. Hopefully you'll be around more. Enjoy when you're, you know, you're a big sports fan, I know. Um, you're the last remaining Rams fan in the St. Louis area, too, by the way, I think, um, which you wear that badge of honor well. Um, so thank you for helping out today. Very cool, guys. I'm very honored to be a part of the show. Thank you. Maybe I'll be back. Appreciate it. Go Blues. Uh, one, last, one last thank you definitely goes out to all of our Facebook partners. Um, again, the, sh the growth of the show has been nothing short of amazing. It has to do with our Facebook partners. It's such, a, such an interesting way to share and be a part of a community. Uh, it starts with our good friend Mick Light, uh, Art City. It was sports, now it's Art City Media. does such a great job. He has such a massive Facebook page, and he's really gotten behind the show and sharing it around. And, again, we're happy to have Mick be a part of it. I know he's a good friend of Jamie's, and he covers everything from pro to amateur. You'll see him at youth hockey games taking pictures and just being a part of the sports scene here in St. Louis. So thank you, Mick. We appreciate it. St. Louis Blues hockey memes, of course. St. Louis Blues fans unite. Everything STL. Sports, thank you so much for your support. Had a couple of our Facebook groups that we post in. Uh, uh, send some shout-outs our way. Uh, Blues Crew, Blues Den. Make sure you check these guys out. They put these, um, they put these 
Facebook groups together in an effort to bring the community together to have an avenue to talk about the stuff. And Blues Dent, Blues Crew do a great job. Um, we All Bleed Blue, St. Louis Blues Loungers. I mean, I know that's a pretty tight-knit group there. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of it. The St. Louis Blues Roundtable, hardcore fans. Um, again, uh, I, I, I'm just happy to be a part of the community with the show. And thank you to everybody for, for, for letting us share and get our note out. Thank you so much. Um, for everybody here with Blues NHL Podcast, my co-host, uh, Missouri Bearcat hockey coach. What did I say? Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? Sorry. I don't do it all. Okay. McKendry Bearcat hockey head coach, Gary Henson. Of course, uh, his assistant, Tommy Brown, who's not with us today as he's doing taxes. Jamie Rivers and Darren Kimball. I'm your host, Jim Cromer. We will see you on the ice. Let's go, Blues!